Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So this is sort of my weekly wrap-up video where I pick a handful of different topics and, and, and try and give you a different perspective on some of these news items, some of these uh, news items that I find to be interesting. And today I'll kind of be synthesizing a lot of different information from a lot of different markets. So bear with me here. And I, I want to start off here with a discussion about the gold and silver market. I know that's why a lot of you guys tuned into my channel in the first place. And that's where we're going to start out. Now, this is a three-month chart for silver and gold. And, you know, until the end of the week, uh, this, this had been a pretty poor week for both silver and gold. Of course, we saw a couple weeks ago, uh, gold break through kind of its key support level at the time of, of 1300, um, ultimately falling, uh, you know, close to around 1270, actually below 1270, uh, silver falling around 1480 earlier this week. Um, or maybe that was last week, but let's see here, uh, 1477 right here on, on April 23rd. So, um, since then it's been a, a little bit of a recovery, and this is despite actually quite a bit of dollar strength. You know, I think a, a lot of this move down in the silver and gold market uh, can be blamed on some dollar strength. And you see this evidence right here. The dollar breaking through what many people have talked about is kind of a key resistance level of 97.5 on the DXY. Currently sitting uh, above 98 after a bit of a pullback from, from around 98.3. So quite a bit of dollar strength this week. What many people have said is a really key breakout. And I want to say right off the bat that, that I've heard quite a few people say that that this is very bullish for the dollar. And, and I will concede that this is a pretty significant breakout. And that if this continues, it has a very good chance of moving very rapidly to the upside, meaning a very rapid downward move to silver and gold. Do I think that's what's going to happen? Not necessarily, but I do want to put that out there now that this is a very real possibility if this dollar strength is sustained for a variety of reasons that I'll be going over in this video today. Um, this could be moved north at 100. Um, I've heard somewhere around 104 uh, to find levels like that. We'd have to go back to, to I think, the early days of the uh, Trump administration. Let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Actually, before he was even in office, uh, late uh, 2016, early 2017, which we saw the dollar index uh, around 103. So a, a retest of that is very much a possibility. You can see kind of this big, uh, a breakout here, 98. But I think we need a couple more days and, and a little bit more of a move up to, to kind of confirm that. Now, what's going on right now in the dollar and the gold market and, and a couple other markets I'll be talking about here actually, uh, to me at least, bears a fair amount of resemblance to, you can actually see it on this dollar chart right here, The I'd say the third quarter, the middle half of 2018, in which we saw a big move up in the dollar index. We saw a very big move down, predictably, in gold. You can see that right here, uh, beginning again when the dollar kind of moved up there in June. And another topic that I want to talk about today here is a big move to the downside in 
emerging market currencies. Now, what you're looking at right here is different emerging market currencies. We have, um, you can kind of see their respective colors. I'm not going to go over all of them individually, but you have the Argentine peso, the Turkish lira, the Brazilian real, the South African rand, and the Korean won, which is not really an emerging market, but but again, a very important uh, smaller global currency that is not necessarily uh, uh, you know one of the top five uh, that that usually would come to mind. And what you're looking at here is their exchange rate in dollars. So basically, as this line moves up, this is a current, This is signaling a stronger dollar or a weaker uh, currency here for these other currencies. Basically, more of these currency uh, denominations per U.S. dollar. And again, you can see this not in every emerging market currency like we had uh, in most of them, at least in, in that third quarter of 2018, but quite a few. The, again, Turkish lira. With with some more political problems, uh, monetary problems in uh, in Turkey, you can see that here in orange, a very significant move up, um, getting pretty close to that six uh, six and a half level that we saw in the second half of 2018. The Argentine peso, which absolutely got hammered in 2018, once again is getting hammered. The Brazilian real, again weaker and weaker. The South African rand, which again had a very bad. 2018 uh, had actually um, weakened quite a bit, strengthened some until very recently last week. Again, more weakening. And South Korean won on some poor uh, economic data, quite a bit of weakening just in the last week. Now, what's really interesting about this is that every one of these markets has a storyline. If you focus on them individually, that gives a reason for why their currency is weakening. I named a couple of them, Argentine peso and some of their, their fiscal issues, their economic problems, inflation, uh, trying to keep control of their currency, basically. Um, Turkey mentioned some political, some monetary problems, uh, even geopolitical problems in Turkey, uh, as well as, as economic. I mean, they, they have a whole host of problems that is really uh, not conducive to a strong uh, currency. Um, South Africa, uh, again, Korea, uh, South Korea, their their economic woes. You know, they all individually have reasons for why their currencies are weakening. Yet, you got to ask yourself, why are they all weakening for the most part in tandem? Now, it would make sense in the last week for them to weaken in tandem as, is, I mean, this is versus the dollar and the dollar strengthened in the last week. But you can see here, going back to, you know, February, right? And that seemed to kind of been the inflection point for a lot of these around the beginning of February, that all of a sudden you saw all these currencies begin to weaken. Not perfect synchronization, but why is that the case? This is bearing a lot of resemblance, again, for me, to this kind of middle half of 2018. We have a stronger dollar, weaker emerging market currencies, very weak. Um, and you know, another piece of data that came out today was quarter one GDP, which was far higher than I even expected. 3.2% growth. Now, I, I'll give you my thoughts on this before I continue on this, this storyline. Bear with me here. I have some big, uh, I guess, takeaways for this video uh, that, that I hope give you guys some, some idea of, of where I think things are going in the next uh, couple months here. But 3.2% GDP. I think it's going to be revised lower. And as this article and many other, this is from Zero Hedge, many other people have commented on this as well, that there's a lot of one-offs, what people could call one-offs. And, and they discuss a couple of, of them. Uh, surge in inventories, which is not necessarily always a bullish thing. Far smaller trade deficit, which I think is not really the trend right now. We'll see. Uh, let's see here. Um, 
consumption and fixed investment uh, came in somewhat weak. So I think this is going to be revised somewhat, and I don't think this is going to carry forward to quarter two. I don't. I, I think quarter two is going to be uh, much weaker than quarter one, which is actually historically a pretty weak uh, quarter. So this is another reason why this is surprising to people. I don't buy it. I think right now we're, we're in a much worse position. Again, this is building on my, my earlier thesis, my earlier big picture here, that what we're seeing right now in the dollar, precious metals, and emerging market currencies bears some resemblance to the second half of 2018. And yet, there's a lot of pieces that aren't in play that are not the same as what we dealt with back then. First of all, GDP here. This is not as strong as it was in 2018. It's not. You got to remember, in 2018, you had factors like uh, uh, the the Trump tax cuts first come into effect, massive amounts of stock buyback, uh, a ton of debt stimulus to the economy, um, a lot of stuff that, much like quarter one GDP, could be seen as kind of a, a one-off. It's not going to be sustainable. So strong economic growth domestically here in the United States. We don't have that today. Never mind what this GDP number says. We don't have that today. Uh, interest rates. Now, the Fed funds rate is slightly higher today than it was back then. It's been hiked a bit. But uh, uh, what I want to show you here is, is this is, sorry for the pop-up, the 10-year yield. If you go back to... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, the second half of 2018, we were talking uh, kind of in a range between 2.8, 3%, ultimately breaking out uh, in September, October to north of 3%. Today, we're dealing with falling rates. I don't see that as really bullish for the U.S. dollar. Now, again, there are some things in common that I mentioned. Um, U.S. dollar, uh, sorry, uh, crude oil is is at a relatively high level. Um, it had been moving up for much of 2018 as well. But as a whole, because of, of what the bond market is showing, because of what the economic growth is showing, as well as economic growth in Europe and China, very weak right now, much more concerning, I think, than the second half of 2018. For those reasons, I don't think that, that we are in for this big move up in the dollar and, and a similar playing out of, of this situation as what we saw in the second half of 2018. Not to say it won't happen. The dollar could touch 100, could touch 99. But you got to remember that the situation is very different. You know, back in, in the second half of 2018, I was talking about how uh, these economic woes in emerging markets were, were going to potentially lead to some sort of a contagion. I think, you know, in retrospect, many people would say it didn't. But I'll remind you that, that the, the fourth quarter of 2018 was abysmal in the equity markets. People, a huge recession fear, huge pivot from the Fed. And this wasn't localized to the United States. We saw this in China. We saw this in the EU. And so, you know, one could argue that those EU issues were kind of, real, or sorry, those emerging market EM issues were realized in economies like the United States and China and the EU. Now, of course, some people would argue China's an, uh, an emerging market as well. But either way, some of these larger markets were influenced by that. This time around, 
what we have is, in my opinion, a much weaker, much more vulnerable U.S. economy, a stock market, which is, you know, moving up like it did in the second half of 2018, or at least for the third quarter, but doesn't have the tailwind of stock buybacks, the recent Trump deal, et cetera. In fact, I think the uh, Trump tax deal, the Trump trade deal could be actually marking the top if it's ultimately, uh, you know, resolved in the next couple months. Doesn't have some of those same tailwinds. In fact, I think that the stock market has quite a few headwinds. The U.S. economy has quite a few headwinds. Chinese economy is in a much worse position. The European economy is in a much worse position. Um, so, so I don't think this is the same situation. I think, if anything, this is culminating in a, a very weak second half to 2019. Might not see it fully realized this quarter. But economic growth, I mean, there is a reason that Larry Kudlow... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, was talking about how, hey, the economy's doing good, but I also think the Fed should cut rates. It, he said it today. Despite this economic growth number, the Fed should still cut rates. There's reasons that the Fed and many uh, prominent ec economists are saying, maybe the Fed should think about uh, uh, proactive easing rather than reactive, which is what they've done historically. Let's lower rates after we realize we're in a crisis or a recession. Why are they doing that? Because I think when you look at this data, when you look at the sustainability of this uh, growth or the stock market growth or whatever, you'll find that it's, it's not. It's not sustainable. Um, so so I, I don't know how many people I've heard actually make the comparison. I don't know if I've heard any make the comparison to what's going on right now to what's going on in the third quarter of 2018. But I think it's going to be far different. I wouldn't be surprised. With that being said, with that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if quarter three of 2019 bears some resemblance to quarter four of 2018. Move down in the stock market, a rally in precious metals. Now, you know, again, I, you know, I had on a last, was it last week, I had Chris Vermeulen on uh, uh, talking uh, about um, uh, precious metal strength. And by no means was that an endorsement of his views on it. Um, I'm not uber bullish on precious metals right now given some of their recent weakness and this breakout in the dollar. But I'm also not bullish on, super bullish on the, uh, the U.S. dollar. Obviously not, fundamentally speaking. You guys know that you know this is all uh, pretty synthetic in the first place. But even um, from a, a technical perspective, I'm not. I think some of these same things that were in play back then. Another thing I should add is, is the Fed. Uh, 2008, things that you know, add this to the list of why this is not the same as third quarter 2018 is the Fed, yes, is still doing quantitative tightening, but they have a wind-down plan in place. That was not the case back then. The dollar shortage back then or increased dollar funding cost back then is not going to be, I think, as constrained this time around. Um, another factor is their rate hikes. And, and obviously, I don't think very many people believe they'll be doing any rate hikes for the remainder of the year even with this quarter uh, one GDP print. Um, I, I, think, I just don't see it happening. So again, put that under the list of, of why this is not the same. And so again, the dollar could move up some, but I'm not looking for a retest. Even on technical, even from a fundamental basis, a retest of 2016 or 2017 highs. Uh, and, and just as much as I said at the very beginning of this video that this could get started very quickly to the upside, I think the same is true to the downside absolutely is true to the downside in terms of how quickly these things could get moving. Uh, and look no further. Why, why do I think that's the case? Look no further than how quickly the stock market turned in 2018. Look no further than how quickly the, the, the Fed turned in 2018, 2019. And look no further than uh, economists, 
members of the Fed, and even Larry Kudlow himself, and uh, to some extent Donald Trump, advocating for Federal Reserve easing, despite the fact that, again, supposedly the economy is doing good. If you hear that noise, that's just my uh, two, two-year-old daughter, or, sorry, three-month-old daughter, my other daughter, saying, uh, let's wrap this up, Dad. So anyways, long, long story short here, this is um, not the same. I think you know, precious metals remain a buying opportunity here, in my opinion. Obviously, don't take any of this as investment advice. And their move to the upside, I think, is, is when it ultimately happens is going to be very rapid. And, and I don't want to push the whole fear of missing out thing here. Um, be patient if, if you uh, aren't happy with these prices, I guess. But uh, I personally have no qualms about buying at this price. Actually, you know, I won't be able to buy this month as some different purchases came up. Um, I'll admit it, maybe some more irresponsible purchases, uh, less prudent. Um, buy my wife some concert tickets for her birthday that she and I are going to. Buy myself a drone, so by no means were those prudent. Um, so I'll have to put it off a bit. Um, not at all practicing what I preach here for a little bit here. But as a whole, uh, I'd be happy if I could be buying this month at these prices, and I'm sure I will be next month. So the final thing I want to talk about before my daughter uh, totally flips out on me is Tesla. Maybe you guys saw it here up in the thumbnails is uh, Tesla. Very poor quarter one data. And, and I just got to say, like, I, I told you so, I guess. And now, I will say, Tesla hasn't totally collapsed. They're not filing for bankruptcy. I'm not saying that they are anytime soon. With that being said, this certainly does not look like the growth story that people are pumping out there. That, that Tesla is going to be, you know, the next Apple. That Tesla is going to be the next Amazon. Uh, they, they burned an incredible amount of cash in the first quarter of the year. Very poor sales data on their their court, uh, on their Model 3 car as well as their Model S and X, which really is their cash cow in terms of, of margins. Overall, just an abysmal quarter. And yet, Musk and company are coming out and saying, well, that's all right. Quarter 2 is going to be one of our best quarters yet. Quarter three will be returning to profitability. Quarter four, I would assume the same. And I'm just not buying it. I think that for a long time, for much of 2016, 17, first half 2018, this was a story in which Tesla could not meet demand for the Model 3. They they, they were having uh, trouble with, with ramping up production. They've ramped up production now. Not to the levels that, that Musk is saying they'll be able to, um, well below what he's saying. Uh, but they've ramped up production. I think this is slowly turning into a supply problem. Or sorry, a demand problem. What did I say before? Before it was a supply problem. They couldn't meet demand. Now it's that demand is potentially not meeting supply, right? They're, they're pulling all the levers they can. They're releasing all these new models. They're shipping models out to, to Europe and, and filing up all this backlog of demand. And that's, wow, she's really, she's telling me, hurry up, dad. Um, they, they filled up a huge backlog of demand in Europe, like within a single quarter. Uh, uh, China, I think that's been exhausted pretty quickly. In fact, there's an article recently from, from Wolf Richter at wolfstreet.com. I'd encourage you to read. I want to say it was like upwards of 400 electric car manufacturers in China, and yet Tesla thinks that they can carve out this massive uh, uh, market out there. I just don't see it happening. Um, pretty soon they're going to be shipping their, their uh, right-sided uh, models to, to the UK, and I think it's Australia, maybe somewhere else. Um, satisfying a very small amount of demand in the whole scheme of things. And then they're going to be left with ongoing demand from U.S. And, and all these other consumers. And I just don't see it meeting their expectations. Uh, it's not a growth story. Model Y is still years out. They're, they're pumping this uh, you know, uh, uh, autonomous driving, which is maybe years out, even if we take Musk at his word, which I think is a very risky thing. Um, 
the, the pickup truck, uh, the semi that still hears out. Um, I, I just don't buy it. This this whole Tesla story. And so, you know, uh, again, I'm I talked to my wife about this. I'm I'm going to be looking forward to the day in which they they file for bankruptcy because it's going to be vindication for all these people out here saying the fundamentals on this are about as strong as Enron's. This is going to be something that uh, uh, economists and, and business people and investors study for years to come, much like Enron, much like many of these other, uh, you know, Theranos would be another great example. Um, so I, I, I look forward to that day. Now, it's going to suck for, for Tesla car owners that maybe were totally naive to this. Not Many of them are not. Many of them have read these arguments and have brushed them off and instead followed their emotions rather than their their. Uh, a more rational side. It's going to suck for all the Tesla workers that have, have already been probably used and abused by Musk and, and will likely be uh, jobless when it's all said and done unless Tesla's bought out um, at a far lower share price, by the way. Um, and this is just one thing. I'm just focusing on the fundamentals here. I'm not even going into this whole uh, uh, feud that Trump is having with, with SEC. I'm not even going into some of these other uh, Tesla uh, drama that I could talk for many hours about. Many other people do that. Um, but but anyways, I, I think this is a, a, a I said a while ago a dumpster fire uh, of a company. When you look at the fundamentals, uh, it's not a growth story. I think very quickly it's going to be a a, a story in which uh, 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 investors study for years to come. So, anyways, again, my three month old is really telling me to wrap it up here. So, I'll let you guys go. Um, as always, if you enjoy this video, leave it with a comment down below, like it, share, subscribe if you haven't always. I haven't already. As always, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast.